Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. I'm in a good mood and I don't know why, it's probably coffee. Copious amount of coffee. It's got to the stage at night um, because stuff is a little bit all over the place at the minute for me. But it's kind of got to the place at night where it's like, oh, it's quid o'clock, you know. If we didn't have a stronger constitution, um, I'd be probably saying, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. But I'm just going to crack on with it anyway. I've been given kind of, I don't know, a bit of gust throw um, by some, <laughs> some of the clowns in the media. Oh, God. Um, and I've got a nice little thing that I want to experience with you together. I've watched it twice now and it still doesn't make any sense to me um, whatsoever. But I thought I'd get on, talk a little bit of Packers news, take the PP a bit and uh, also talk a bit of history. Because... The history stuff is really interesting. Hopefully you're finding it interesting too. And if you're enjoying the podcast, like uh, I got an email a couple of days ago. If you're enjoying it as much as you, this email said you are, well then happy days. The podcast has ended up on some, like, I don't know how they rank rank these things. Um, is We're one of the top Packers podcasts out there. Uh, now I'd see the numbers and the numbers are quite good. And in fact, uh, you know, people love a jingle. So <laughs> maybe it's the jingles lately as well. But yeah, we've ended up on some uh, deadly Packers podcast thing. If you type in best Packers podcast into Google, we end up on some of the lists there, which is great. Um, but I don't know who this dude is. He keeps telling me, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> you're one of the better podcasts, but also promote the list to your friends. Uh, I don't know if he has a, you know, a dog in the fight there. But anyway, um, I got my shipment of UK Packers face masks. I think we've all seen the Karens out there um, who've been giving out about face masks and banging stuff out of trolleys and everything else. Dear, like, lads, ladies, it's such a weird time to be alive. <laughs> Is it not? I'm a history buff, right? And I'm reading Patrick O'Brien and all of that kind of stuff. And I hark back to the days gone by and kind of think, what would it be like to be around uh, at these times? You know, I look back to... You know, there's a civil war here in Ireland. There's a civil war uh, in the pretty much every country in the world. But, you know, America, there's a big civil war there, which an awful lot of the ills sort of, you know, came from or allegedly some of them got resolved. You know, there was the Spanish flu in 1918, the Great Depression. You know, Bobby Kennedy's dad in a taxi and turns around and starts speculating on stocks or whatever the taxi driver does. And that's when he decides to get out of stocks, you know, that kind of stuff. Civil rights movement um, to go back there and see you know, the ins and outs of that as it kind of unfolded for people. Watergate, when that was happening, I didn't think that we could experience all of these things all at once. If you look at America now, my God, like whatever side you fall on. And this, I remember getting into debates with people on Twitter, uh, which is dead to me, by the way. Something happened this week and it's just a can't deal. Um, you know, I get into debates with people who keep saying, oh yeah, this is, of course, you're a bipartisan, you have a, you know, and I'm like, I'm Irish, um, I don't. And in fact, our Irish government has formed from two parties that were historically hated each other. Imagine, you know, they're not that different in ideology when you look at the Republic, Republicans, Democrats or whatever. Um, but, you know, Labour and the Tories or whatever, it's that kind of vibe over here. Um, but yeah, Jesus Christ, I mean, America, whatever side you're on, it's nuts. Uh, and I know this this uh, 
podcast is called Politics in it, but it's not American politics, and that's something I'm here to talk about. Um, it's just actually the politics of Green Bay, going back to the newspaper stuff. But look, I have to play this drop. Um, it's actually on the soundboard. It's called the Man Flu Drop. But I'm going to play this drop for all of the beat writers out there. that high note lovely so you have to feel for these dudes i say it every year when it gets to this time you know i like to wade into a bit of history or get some guests on and stuff like that but and it can get tough it can get oh, hold on for this is for me so you know it can get tough from time to time coming up with stuff but it's, it allows you to kind of delve into what you like and there's people that just shut off all packer stuff when it gets to the off season because they don't get interested in it but uh, dear Jesus Christ, some of these beat writers are really clutching at straws. Um, there's always those stories that come out about, oh, here's the person. <laughs> An undrafted free agent, you don't know his name, but you should. Gets cut. Gets cut every time. Um, and if he doesn't get cut, he doesn't play. Or if he does play, he's on special teams, and then people forget about him and he goes. I mean, the hysteria around Jay Kumaro and everything else, and then he gets playing time and doesn't catch a whole lot of balls. I mean, there's, there's always something going on, and there's always articles about... Some of them are nice, you know, they're heartfelt stuff about, you know, sort of rags to riches story or, you know, heartbreak in a, in a family and stuff like that. And it's always a nice personal story. But, you know, it it's it gets predictable every year when when people are clutching at like, oh, God, we got to go and release this under this guise or whatever. It's very difficult, especially when you're on the payroll. That's the beauty of a podcast is that, you know, we can kind of talk about whatever we want to talk about. You know, we're not dictated by clicks and all that and sometimes that works out all the better all the better numbers are grand um so right so the premise of this segment uh that they have on first take with Stephen a and the lads is where should aaron Rodgers finish his career oh like is there a need for this no i mean who cares i hate this sort of this conjecture and this projection and this balls i mean it's just talking about stuff that let me play the clip and just show you. It's unnecessary. I know they have to come up with stuff, but what annoys me sometimes is, and this is coming from a Packers head, and as well, like, I know I'm probably in this position myself because I do the NFL for Sunshine Radio in Ireland uh, during the regular season, right? So I have a keen interest in NFL. I dive in, but I probably piss an awful lot of people off because I give an opinion on their team and because it's a short segment and because I'm a Packers fan and you know into Packers media and all that kind of gear you know I don't delve as deeply as people want me to delve it and that's fine but hopefully I'll come across and I, I say that on the radio look this is a light leaning um, and on these topics but when it comes to this and they're trying to fill air time and they've you know I know the way radio works you've got like an eight minute segment and then there's ads there's no leeway before or after not unless you're the host and you can sort of push stuff around but even then there's not really they start waving in the window at you and I know that there's not a whole lot of room to go around so they have an eight minute segment or whatever and they say right we're going to talk about this for five minutes and that's fine um, but it's just some of these narratives are so tiresome and this is the time sort of talking about Aaron Rodgers and they get obsessed with this stuff Colin Cowherd of course hops on one side and then jumps to the other um, at a time where, you know, there's pictures emerging today of Aaron Rodgers going over and visiting a family who uh, sadly lost one of their children. And, you know, the mother of uh, the family was talking about how he came over to comfort and sort of entertain her two sons uh, who were kind of left behind. And, 
uh, just how attentive and locked in he was and how genuine and everything else. And then you have stuff being rolled out in the media about him and how he's going to be annoyed at the top brass and everything else. So here's this segment where they're talking about um, Aaron Rodgers and where should he finish his career. Another potential destination for Tom Brady this offseason, it was San Francisco. And I know San Francisco had Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's a situation where I think Aaron Rodgers, given his um, history in California and the Bay Area, San Francisco could use uh, Aaron Rodgers in that situation. Great. Like, uh, just before Stephen A jumps in, and at least I'm able to pause him because he doesn't give anybody that luxury. Who cares? They've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Why, why in the world or how? Why? Would they have Aaron Rodgers in there? It makes absolutely zero sense. There's a couple of premises that are pox here. Pox bottle uh, is because they a assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to be free and and that uh, love is going to you know amount to anything. And then on top of that, they just pick because he wanted to go there ages ago and he was passed up and he's from there as some sort of rationale to why any of this makes any sense whatsoever, which it doesn't. He's not missing those spots, those passes that Jimmy oh. Garoppolo missed. I think Aaron Rodgers in San Francisco, that's the match made in heaven. Say it with your chest. <laughs> let me taste it. Let me go a step further. If Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback in the Super Bowl instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, the San Francisco 49ers are the champions right now. Facts, facts, but on we go. They're the champions right All now. Right. With those weapons, with Aaron Rodgers? They're the champions. Tim, Go ahead, Tim. I'm Tim, sorry. Where are you? Ahead, where, where do you want him to end up? Uh, well, well, here's what I would say. What we need to do is rather than look right now where a good spot to land is, you need to look basically a year or two years from now because that's when Green Bay is going to be really under the most pressure to get Jordan Love on the field to figure out if he. Hey. <laughs> It's just, the premise is just a load of balls, isn't it? Well, you know, here's how it's going to pan out. Uh, no one knows. And, you know, it's, it's like that thing in class, you know, where someone has a really clever answer and they're waiting in the sidelines to be like, oh, no, sir, actually, I think something nobody ever talks about. Uh, tiresome. Play before they have to pick up his fifth-year option. So just start looking ahead. Well, hey, Cam Newton, he's going to be in New England for one year. Then they might be in the quarterback market. Could be Cam, it could be somewhere, someone else. What is Dallas doing? Dallas has got Dak Prescott, but listen, if he plays... <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like yeah well you know it could be Sam Fran but also every other team <laughs> uh, the franchise tag yeah. because they're then tagging him again what cool. are they doing in that situation you need to look a couple years ahead hey Chicago yeah. what's their situation hey what's everyone's what situation Green Bay took a detour to New York and ended up <laughs> what about Green Bay situation you know what I mean why is no one talking about that huh you know what, they, what about the Rams no one's talking about the Rams the Vikings. I'm gonna talk about the uh, Minnesota. Stephen Aiden. Think that Aaron Rodgers could end up in a situation where Chicago is desperate. <laughs> uh, Chicago are quite like they're still desperate. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers is gonna go from Green Bay to Chicago. Totally. Two years ahead, most likely, for to find that destination for Aaron Rodgers. Come on, Stephen A. Fair enough. Stephen A, say it with your chest. They would have won the Super Bowl well, if he was in San well, Francisco. You're damn right they would have won the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers instead of Jimmy G giving up 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, passing for 38 yards or something like that. A play. But I'm just so sick of the disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. It, it, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. I went up very far with a And disrespect to Jordan Love to Dominique's point. They got... They, 
they, they got two yeah. things in Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers and cheese. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <sighs> like, Stephen A's worth every penny. Every penny they pay him. Super entertaining. And he's an Aaron Rodgers fanboy. That's fine. That's fine. I'm down with it. I'm there for it. Oh, that, that's the thing. That, see, off-season needs to end immediately. And here's reason number two. I've missed playing this drop, but if there's any week that needs to be played... Clown of the Week. Oh, I've missed playing that drop. Um, So next, on to Clown of the Week. So if that first take thing wasn't just ridiculous enough... Get a load of this business. So these boys have, uh, you know, got a bad rap because of some of the stuff that they came out with um, countless times, really. And people have lost faith in these lads because of their assessment of haha Clinton Dix. And there was a video of Clinton Dix um, running away from bears the other week. He was on a scooter and all that. And the gag was too easy. But, oh, here's game tape <laughs> from his career. Uh, but it, that's sort of telling that that was the go-to thing. So here's PFF and the boys um, having a chat about who the best wide receiver is in the NFC North. I think you know where this is going. If you were drafting receivers from this division, would you take Kenny Galladay first? I would. Would you guys? Yes. <laughs> Just how quickly it goes in. Just the yes. Like, <sighs> you see, what annoys me about PFF uh, in this thing, because I do like PFF um, and have used their stats, um, and I've, Talk to Neil, the guy who started it all a couple of times. Nice dude. Um, but like, lads, you have the stats. You've had them for forever. And also, you've seen Devontae Adams' production. You've seen his footwork. You have his numbers. And how they graded last year. <laughs> so to be like, yes. And then the thing is, is then this guy says this. Man, I really like their other guy, Marvin Jones. Uh. <laughs> oh, you had a chance. You had a chance. If you wanted to be the dude that was different, pick per the stats, you know, and the quarterback. Um, Don't go the other guy. It's so hipster, isn't it? Like, who's your favorite band? You know, the, the one that's the best one out in your genre that you like. Or, oh God, I remember being at a... um. One of my mates had a birthday party and he'd since went to college. Uh, we, we both had went to college and completely different circles of, of people. He was into computer science. I did um, business accountancy. And so completely different genres. So we, our mates were completely different. Um, and he invited me to his birthday party. We went and it was just a bunch of like... Oh, there was some nice people there, but some really strange. He made friends with some really strange. His click in college was just pure odd. And um, nothing to do with being computer science. And he's a bit of a quirky dude himself. And he's very eccentric and his family's very eccentric. I love him today. He's one of my best buddies. And we went to his birthday and <laughs> there was a guy there with it. And I didn't, and some of the stuff they were talking about, I was like, Jesus Christ, like, I just don't get along with these people at all. Fine enough to talk to them, but just, you know, I wouldn't be inviting them to my birthday party, let's just say that. And there was one guy and he was wearing baggy pants and I was into sort of rap and hip hop and R&B and all this stuff. Um, 
and there was a guy and he had Snoop Dogg jeans. And I was like, oh, finally. So now I can talk to this guy about rap or something because there was nothing I could talk about the other guys. And there was one guy, I'd say a joke and then he'd have to like go that extra mile to make it just outlandish and ridiculous. So it got really uncomfortable. So this guy had Snoop Dogg jeans because we went bowling. And I was like, he's got Snoop Dogg jeans so I could see his jeans now. So I was like, great. And I said, oh, you're a Snoop Dogg fan. And he went, no, why do you say not really? I said, oh, just because... Like you're wearing jeans to say Snoop Dogg on them. And he goes, no, I'm kind of more into French rap. <laughs> he didn't even speak French. That's the problem. Um, so it's just a hipster move. So this guy decides to pull a Snoop Dogg jeans on it. Anyway. Um, it might be because he's... Li I love that too. That Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Explain. <laughs> the Vikings so much. Maybe I'm that team that sees someone perform good against my team and then I trade for... Oh, uh, I mean, if that was the case, do you not play Green Bay anyway? I'm sign them in free agency. Okay. Uh, but Marvin Jones contested catch situations down the sideline. Does it like nobody else. And I would also say... Really? <laughs> I mean, Adam Thielen is a complete route runner. Yes. He can do absolutely anything. He can line up anywhere. Yeah, Adam Thielen, great player. Devontae Adams literally had to count the amount of bears marking him last year. And the answer was five. He can beat you off the line of scrimmage. He can go deep. He's got the great ball tracking deep. He can go underneath and make plays after the catch. I, I probably would still put Thielen at the top because he is that complete receiver. Although, What about Devontae Adams? Right, so it's a one-minute video snippet, and we're 53 seconds into it, and your man goes, oh, oh, but what, what about Devontae Adams? Hmm. Yeah, Adams, Adams right up there, too. I mean, ah. <laughs> Adams right up there, too. Oh, yeah, oh, Adams, yeah, 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 he's up there as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good receiver division. So that's where Devontae Adams comes in. The guy who has Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco crying over his footwork and his numbers are ridiculous and he gets a 997 despite being out for like four games um, with an injury and he's the guy who's like oh, 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 oh yeah what about what about Devontae Adams quick we've got five seconds left <laughs> oh yeah he's oh yeah he's up there as well up where at number one uh, it's not Packers bias it's just a bit redonkulous to be um... oh actually I like their other guy can off season come to an end so in the um Packers.com insider inbox today Mike Spafford was on it and he was talking about preseason so someone said to him about are they going to play all four scheduled preseason games and he says he doubts it the word is that the league are looking at a two game preseason and he's not sure if that's even worth the effort but to stay tuned so will they lads I'd be happy for preseason to be fair or training camp needs to get underway we need some talking points here we need to see what players are like it's been a pure weird year Pure weird year. Um, how cool is it that uh, the Patriots signed Cam Newton, by the way, in the same day that they got a rap on the wrist for recording the Bengals practices? Anyway, so I wanted to do a history segment and I wanted to focus on uh, the Packers' suckiest year, um, which was under Scooter McLean. And there's sort of an interesting backstory there. And he was the precursor to Vince Lombardi and everything else. But while I was researching it and doing up a little bio um, on Ray Scooter McLean, um, who died incredibly young. It's really, really sad. But anyway, well, I was going to do a... And he was one of the last players in the NFL to hit a drop kick um, in 1941. And then 
it was after that point that the, the only other person to do it after that point was Doug Flutie in 2006 um, and that was the last time it was it was done but anyway um, so Scooter McLean interesting story uh, tragic story again and an every man's man a guy who was really well liked by the players and after it all went belly up you know there were so many players riding into the Packers committee to ask him not to be fired and everything else but before he came along uh, there was a guy called Lyle Blackburn who had the job. He got it on a five-year stint. So I was going to talk about that losing the worst season in, in Packers history for results and everything else. And they got an absolute drubbing in one of the games by the Baltimore Colts. It was 0-56, which is nuts. So I wanted to dig in and see who the players were. We had Bart Starr, quarterback, and also Bay Perilli. Um, And then there's all there's always this stuff about you know, the Packers had so many Hall of Famers on that team and yet he still couldn't make um, a team of it and, and they were awful. So it was that age-old question as would they have been Hall of Famers uh, if there was a different coach other than Lombardi there where they're really as good as, you know, blah, 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 and we can go on and on and on. But while I was looking into it and I was sort of, you know, doing up my bio and, and getting the newspaper article for the extra, extra portion I came across an article that I was like, oh, this is the one. This is the one that I have to focus on. So I wanted to talk about the politics. And it's not, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to be so, so confident, so it's, but it's not boring. And you're going to be like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, it's not boring. It's a little bit of politics that went on that paved the way for Vince Lombardi. Because Vince Lombardi came in and one of the stipulations that he had, and it was a deal breaker for him, was that he wanted to be the head coach and the general manager and to to organize all of the football operations he didn't want anybody meddling in it he wanted absolute control and the history to that point with the packers wasn't the case there was always a segregation of duties and they were always meddling uh, by the sounds of it and this article kind of speaks for itself so while i was looking into you know blackburn leaving and mclean coming in and why he came in and everything else, I found an article from January 6th of that year, and it describes some of the stuff that went on in the background, and it just struck me, the, the, the end portion of the article just shows how it paves the way for Vince Lombardi to come in and to be able to do what he did, and without that season happening, because on the face of it, right, you'd look at that season and it was crap, they went 1-10-1, and you'd look at that and go, oh yeah, sure, of course they got Lombardi because they were awful. But they were sort of declining for a while and there was a lot of infighting going on because you remember if you listen to the other episode where I talked about uh, Curly Lambeau, you know, getting ousted because of Rockwood Lodge or whatever on the last episode. Um, it was sort of like that they, there was an element of that they did up the contract and they handed it to him and he sort of felt he was being shafted. So... He quit and left and said, right, screw you, I'm gone. And funnily enough, when they were looking for a general manager um, after Scooter McLean, he came to town and he said, oh, it's just my normal visit. And they said to him, and they said they pressed him in the article, but with Curly Lambeau, I don't think you'd have to press him to say a whole lot. You know, is he in to sort of do the interview for the general manager's job now that they're looking for a general manager? He said, no, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't, you know, typical proud Lambeau, like, I'm not going to contact them, but if they contact me. Um, I'd be interested in the job. I'll be see what happens. I like the idea of you know that I'll have sort of absolute say over. I'm not going to be meddled with by the board. They didn't contact him, and he ended up leaving, going back to LA. Uh, but it's interesting. But anyway, Scooter McLean comes in. Lyle Blackburn gets sacked. McLean had been on the coaching staff 
for a while. He was an accomplished player himself. He played for the Bears, in fact, and he played on both sides of the ball, uh, pulled down a good few interceptions, racked up a good few yards and touchdowns. Um, and then he, went as, he was an assistant coach in Green Bay the year after Gene Rosani uh, became head coach. So he was there for about seven years and he was really well liked uh, from everybody. And from for preparing for this and also kind of preparing to do just this thing on that season and Scooter or Ray. Um, I read a lot of articles about one of them was like, oh, you know, he's hasn't got an enemy. It's very hard to find an enemy. That That was his problem at the end of the day. And I'll leave all of that maybe for a different podcast down the line. Um, he was very well liked, but the, one of the articles was like, oh, he asked the players to watch out on scrimmages and see, call out who's doing stuff wrong and to be your own coach. So that's kind of what happened at the end of the day. He tried to be everybody's friend, basically. Um, but for Lyle Blackburn, the narrative that was kind of put out there was is that the seasons didn't go as they thought. They had him on a five-year deal. They couldn't really afford to pay him off they were paying him 15 grand a season and then you know an extra 10 grand walloped on top of that as well um so they owed him 25 grand for the final year but they wanted to get rid of him and so they had to pay him off 25 grand and that was sort of mooted that they were going to do it a year earlier than they actually did uh, but they didn't have the money to do it to pay him off and then pay someone to come in at that same salary because even the articles from back in the day were saying pro football has become so big now um, and they're paying people colossal amount of money and Green Bay as it is now and there's actually concerns nowadays that without the games happening in Green Bay that the team is, you know, and the businesses around the team there's a massive financial strain there because they depend on these games and there's like what Stephen A. jokingly said earlier in the podcast, the only thing in Green Bay is the Green Bay Packers. Jeez. You know, so a huge amount of that economy is upheld by Packers fans coming in and the whole town being at the stadium and the, the business that's around it. Um, So it was, it was the same back then or even it was way worse back then. So when the team started to lose and you start losing gate receipts and people aren't really arsed or interested then, um, you know, you're up the creek. So he had coaching experience. Uh, Ray McLean did. He was with Lewis, Lewis College in Lockport. Um, and he did really well. And he's, they, they say in all these articles, these teams were dominant. But the competition was pretty poor. And he only coached there from 48 to 50. So they said in an article as to, at the time why they let Blackburn go was the results. And they wanted McLean because he knew the personnel. And then, you know, those Blackburn's poor performance. Um, and then there was rumours as well that he was going to go to Detroit and coach under George Wilson's staff, who he played with with the Bears. So he was an old buddy of his. Um, after Scooter McLean actually had this disastrous stint with Green Bay, um, even though the players still loved him, he ended up going off to Detroit and he died at age 48, uh, which is horrible. But then the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, or Milwaukee Journal as it was back then, because there was a merger of the two papers, uh, they released an article about the sacking with really strong words. And I had in my notes that like, oh, and I had sort of a brief explanation of what it was. But the more I read through the article, I was sort of thinking, Jesus, this is some really, um, this is some really out there stuff to say in a newspaper article back in the day about pawns and, um having control of people and they didn't like him anyway and all this type of stuff so Blackburn for all intents from what we read um, he was down doing a bit of scouting and they called him and let him go and he came out and said that he was surprised but he wishes the team well but it's that article that I want to read out the sort of expose of how he left the team and then pay particular attention to the very end of it because that's what paves the way 
for Vince Lombardi to come in and do what he did in Green Bay. But anyway, let me let me play that drop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Hey, what about that now? So, really hate the way that peaks, but anyway. um, So it says here, it's from a guy called Oliver Quelkley. Um, yep, probably not right, but he can't call me up on it. So this is January 6th of that year when they let um, Lyle Blackburn go. And... It says the record will speak in Liz's dismissal, but it will not show extracurriculars. So there's an awful lot that went on behind this, and I'll just read the article and you can see uh, what went on, allegedly. Uh, the record would always show that the board of directors of the Green Bay Packers fired Liz Blackburn as coach Monday night. It will show that the contract committee of the executive committee recommended Monday noon that Blackburn be dismissed because of a losing record. That the executive committee discussed this recommendation and presented it to the board of directors Monday night and that the board of directors upon motion by Fred L. Cobb accepted the recommendation. That will always be the record and it will all be very proper. A board certainly can fire a losing coach. What it won't show, though, will be the behind-the-scenes manoeuvring directed principally by Lee Johannes and his pawn executive vice president Dominic Olejniczak. Or the bitterness between Johannes and Blackburn almost from the beginning. Brackets. Johannes never wanted Blackburn as coach in the first place. Or the insults Johannes hurled at Blackburn from the stands at the games right here in Milwaukee as an example of his feelings. Or the interference from the ruling Soviet during the season, which included calling in the assistants and certain players for reports. What it won't show would be that a real gentleman and one of the most able coaches in football today was axed without a real thought of the specific coaching problems he faced. Four key players out with a with broken bones in the season just closed, for instance, or the difficulties under which he sometimes worked. Things will never be different in Green Bay as long as a couple of dozen men, this is indeed a Soviet, have their ladies in the soup and as long as a few can control the ladies. I've got to stop there. In the soup? I haven't heard that from reading P.G. Woodhouse. Anyway, there was a bit of window dressing a few years ago when the Soviet decided to have a general manager appointed. Vern Llewellyn to do the job, and for a short while it looked good. The basic order soon asserted itself though. Today, Llewellyn has to ask one of the subcommittees whether he can have an anchovy in his martini or an onion. I'll never forget the Thanksgiving day in Detroit a few years ago as an example of this. The Packers were playing the Lions. Along in the third quarter, Nick Kerbowie, general manager of the Lions, called down from the back in the press box to where Llewellyn and Tubby Biro, chief of police and a Johannes man, were sitting to give them the day's count. Llewellyn started to get up until Biro protested and said he'd go. Biro went and Biro got the day's count and that was the end of that. The present troubles and the solution reached Monday night is nothing, are but a projection of the troubles and have that have disturbed the club since the breakup of the original Hungry Five some 15 or 16 years ago. The younger generation of football fans may not know of them, but they saved the Packers in the 20s and ran them happily until professional football started to become the big thing it is today. Curly Lambeau, who founded the club in 1919, Lee Johannes, the late Dr. W.W. Kelly, Andy Turnbull and the late Jerry Clifford. In the beginning, the Hungry Five let Curly Lambeau run the club. He not only coached it, he ran it. 
But as pro football got to be a big thing as it is today, the Hungry Five, or some of them, wanted in on the act and got to bickering and finally clipped Lambeau's wings by transferring authority he had had to the committees they had control of. The Soviet was born and Lambeau quit. The club has had troubles since. So bitter was the feeling towards Lambeau just before he resigned that a homecoming game with the Lions at Green Bay in 1947 or 48, Dr. Kelly refused even to mention Lambeau's name while introducing the original Packers between halves. And these men at one time were bosom friends. If the Packers think they've solved anything by doing what they did Monday night, they've got another guess coming. There can only be good wishes for Scooter McLean, one of Blackburn's assistants who was named to succeed him and everything was properly done. Blackburn was called in Mobile, Alabama, first and offered the chance to resign. He refused and was fired. And only then was McLean approached. McLean is a personable young man. He could be a good head coach, but coaching, good or bad, is not the thing that has been disturbing the Packers for the last 10 or 15 years. This thing is a lot deeper than that. It's the confounded meddling by a lot of men with ladies in the soup and the ability of a few of them to control all of the ladies. The Packers today need not a board of directors of 45, not an executive committee of 13, not a bunch of committees. They need a general manager with absolute authority to run the club. Under such an arrangement, Blackburn could have set the world on fire. So, again, just sort of shows the infighting that was going on. Um, kind of exonerates Lambeau as in that you know he got axed because there was meddling going on and they wanted the power there um, when they didn't mention the kind of back and forth between him and the rest and the sort of disaster that was Rockwood Lodge um, but it does say at the end that what needs to change is that they need a general manager with absolute power and after the disaster that then became that season um, they sort of realised yeah okay that needs to be done there was a clearing of uh, the house and they changed the structure a bit and then Lombardi came in and changed the whole game from there on out and demanded that that be the case. But I wonder what the outcome would have been for the Packers and it just, it so pivots their history to God knows what um, if that didn't happen. So something that was the worst season with the infighting and everything else, you know, was probably a blessing in disguise. Not for poor old McLean, uh, who ended up moving on and then passing away at an incredibly young age. Um, but for Lombardi coming in and making his stamp on the Packers, I just found it fascinating. Not something that I wanted to do the podcast on or have in the podcast particularly, but just that article itself uh, was super strong. And I thought, God, that's certainly of interest to me and hopefully of interest to you as well. But look, July is just around the corner. And... As it's getting towards July, there's the July Raz. So there's a Patreon that you can help support us here and keep the lights on in this place. Um, so there's three tiers. Number one, which is a quid, um, which is just sort of a supporter tier. Uh, number two is the five quid a month tier and you get a free t-shirt after six months. Um, and our latest is going out to one of our Patreons um, this week. And then there's the uh, gold member tier, which you get your free t-shirt, but you also get a uh, free place in our monthly RAS every single month that you're signed up as a gold member. Um, so they're, you know these RAS's sell out fast and there's some quality prizes and uh, I'm not going to disappoint you and I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag uh, but there's some really quality stuff coming into the 1919 shop uh, and those items are going to be razzed off as well. 
Um, I give well, I'll give you a hint. There's a bit of Zadarius Smith action in there. There's a bit of Mason Crosby in there. Uh, some nice quality signed picks as well. So that Raz is coming up in July, and every time I do it, people miss out, and um, they get on to me and sort of like, oh, sorry, I missed out. Is there any chance of this, that, and the other? So the the best way to do it is is get into that um goal package if you want to be guaranteed a place. But if not, um, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Uh, at the start of the month and I'll uh, give you a heads up of when to join um, and then on top of that I got my masks today my UK Packers face masks um, so they're orderable from the site they start at 750 oh, superb quality um, and I wouldn't I can't get behind anything if I, if I don't really believe in it but um, these are great these are absolutely fantastic the same material that we do the baseball jerseys in and the flag style uh, jerseys in as well uh, which are fantastic items. I'm going to be doing a preview of those on the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash UK Packer. So do stay tuned on that and check them out and you'll be able to see them for yourself. There's real life pictures of the masks and the baseball jersey and also the Packers shorts, which I'm actually wearing right now um, on the website now as well. And, you know, I'll be going through all of those items just to give people a real look and a real feel of them in real life. The Packers shorts, lads, ladies, are incredible. Uh, two pockets with zips um, and a real elasticated um, thick waistband super durable I've had these for ages now and I've only just got the picture up on the website it was kind of just a planned picture before that uh, just a fantastic bit of kit uh, from Nuola and definitely worth an order uh, Ken Mack has put up pictures of himself in them as well looking super sexy um, so you can check them out and also the group trip um, at the moment I still plan to go ahead uh, so you can contact Ben at Touchdown Trips um, for that as well so anyway want a place and draw keep your eyes peeled want a guaranteed place and draw get onto Patreon um, and as well as that hit the shop because there's some better pictures up there and stay tuned to the YouTube channel anyway that's all the salesman stuff um, until next week it's been great talking to you uh, enjoy your feedback as always and also big shout out to my buddy, buddy Nige uh, who contacted about my running and um, you might see some more content from me around the running side of things if you're interested in running uh, getting the legs run off you getting fit uh, contact me I'll add you on uh, the Nike Run Club app and we can get to sweating together no hold on I can rephrase that differently anyway until next week go pack go see you then <laughs>